because I believe science might offer an answer to the curse of the Bambino. Why someone took so long to hire that guy is beyond me. Anybody who's not tearing their team down right now and rebuilding it using your model, they're dinosaurs. One of the great things about money is it, it buys a lot of things. One of which is the luxury to disregard what baseball likes, doesn't like, what baseball thinks, doesn't think. It's a threatening, not just a way of doing business, but, it's, but in their minds, it's threatening the game. How can you not be romantic about baseball? Hey guys, Brent Porcio. Welcome to another Baseball Ops podcast. I'd like to thank all of my listeners out there that have been following this podcast for some time now. Um, I've had a lot of quests to keep it going. Uh, it's, it's not an easy one to keep going. Um, you know, typically I interview people here, um, haven't been running into a lot of great baseball minds out there lately. I don't know, maybe it's just uh, the circles I travel in, but if you know of anyone that you think would be great, that has something really innovative as far as like technology or methodology that I should interview on the, on the podcast, please let me know. Um, send me an email, brent at topvelocity.net. And let me know. Maybe I can get some uh, some great new guests to come on and educate us in, in what's going on and what's evolving around the baseball community. So the episode today, I wanted to cover a sensitive topic, a sensitive topic, really sensitive at top velocity, and that's Olympic lifting, Olympic lifting for baseball. So I decided to play you uh, a little excerpt from my last camp where I talked to the guys about the conventional wisdom of lifting and Olympic lifts in baseball and we really kind of cut through uh, the misinformation the the poor education that we find so prevalent in the game and uh, it creates a, a great conversation piece uh, really stimulates uh, a, a debate and, and uh, really helps you see it differently see it from a different perspective and it turns over a lot of stones uh that in the game that we don't really question so i hope you like it i would love to hear your comments so if you have any comments post them here or reach out to me get on our social media at top velocity all social media at top velocity or check us out at topvelocity.net. but uh let me know you what you think and here we go all right i like to go do a little pop quiz. Let's go. Raise your hand if you know what the Olympic lifts are. Where are the Olympic lifts? Wow, that's a rarity. Rarely is any camp figure it out. Raise your hand if you knew that. Okay, good. So those are the two lifts. Those are the competition lifts: clean and jerk and snatch. What are the power lifts? Good. He knows his lifts. Power lifts. Okay. What would you? How would you define power? Anybody has a definition of power? Yeah. Good. How the speed? How quickly you apply force? Right. Um, and it's measured in in wattage or inner energy. That's how much. It's kind of like the way to visualize it is like a Christmas tree. It's like how, when you click and you turn it on, you know, how quickly does it go to full power, right? I use the word power. There you go. How quickly does it fully illuminate, right? So that would be power. So it's that combination of speed and strength, okay? Would you say 
are the powerless good examples of power. Yeah, why? So when I do a deadlift, I got to go as fast as I can? When I do a bench press, do I have to go as fast as I can? When I do a back squat, do I have to go as fast as I can? Okay. So it's probably not a good example of power, right? It's more just how much force can I eventually get to, right? It doesn't matter how fast I get to it. I just got to get to, I got to tap in all my force eventually, right? So not really a good example of power. I've heard a lot of power lifters, like professional power lifters say, uh, it's better, would be better called force lifting, right? It's more about force than power. Will the Olympic lifts be good examples of power? Why? So you're directly putting like your force into the ground to bring the weight up on like a power thing? Right, so there's, is there a requirement of speed and strength? Yeah. Why is there a, requir a requirement of speed? Just like the type of lift it is. You need to be able to like move it quick. Why? Well, why is the need there? Force. Well, to do what? Why, do you, why is there a need to produce force quickly there? To like get it to come up. Okay, what's that get it to come up? What do you, how can we better define that? Like, yeah, force. What is happening to the bar? Quickly, right? And explosively and forcefully. So why? Why are we having to do that? What's, what's, the, technical, what's the reason for the technical requirement to move the bar as fast as you can? Why, is that, why do we have to do that? Be more explosive. Right, but what's the reason? What's the purpose? There's something different in the technique of the Olympic lifts as opposed to the power lifts. It's very critical. What's that difference? You're throwing the bar, right? There's a point where the bar is weightless, right? Into the second pull, we throw the bar because we're launching it to the upper body, and it's pretty much weightless. I mean, it's weightless at that point, right? Is there a bar in the power lift so the bar is ever weightless? You always have time under tension, right? But in the Olympic lifts, in that second pull, whoo, it's floating in the air. I could just be watching it going up, right? I'm, my arms are guiding. Okay. So that is called a dynamic movement. That's why studies show Olympic lifts are by far the best exercises to enhance dynamic athletic performance. Why? Would, let's, let's figure out why. Would the skills of baseball, throwing, hitting, running, jumping, whatever, would those skills be good definitions of power? Why are the, so why are those good uh, examples of power? Because there's a speed and strength requirement, right? There, there's a speed and force requirement. It's not just, I create force, right? I gotta create force quickly, right? Okay, so it's the same requirement. Technically, why does it have that requirement? What are you doing technically with a bat to make where you have to move explosively to say to hit the ball hard? What's what are we technically doing with the bat? Swinging it, or you could even say throwing it, right? We've heard that before. So that's similar to like the Olympic lift, right? Throwing it, we're still holding on to it, just like the bat, we're still holding on to it, but it's going weightless, right? So that's, that's that power dynamic movement. What about throwing a baseball? Is the same thing? Yeah, we actually get to throw it and let go, right? We actually get to do the same thing as a bat, and we get to let go, right? Not like, be like doing it with the bar, just letting it go, right? Okay? So we're throwing a ball, we're throwing a bat, just like we're throwing the bars in the Olympic lifts. What about jumping? Is that a dynamic movement? 
What are we throwing when we jump? Our bodies, right? We're throwing our bodies. We're technically throwing our bodies when we throw, when we hit or, or or pitch or throw. We're technically throwing our bodies, right? So you see this connection. That's why in that same study it said it enhances the dynamic movements like jumping, running, throwing. So there's a study that actually said Olympic lifting is by far the best way to enhance the dynamics of throwing, right? Which is what we're doing. But why do you think you don't hear this in baseball? I mean, you hear some, but why don't you hear it a lot in baseball? People think you can get hurt from it because you like throwing stuff around. So you can get hurt from it. What do you think about that? I mean, if you have good technique, then I don't see why it'd be well, Let's go back to what remember our first conversation. Do you think that's anecdotal, or is that peer-reviewed, evidence-based? Anecdotal. Anecdotal. Because if we look at the evidence, we have a six-year study of elite Olympic lifters and their injury rates. We have a six-year study of Major League Baseball players and their injury rates. The Olympic lifters, 3.3 injuries per 1,000 hours. Olympic lifters, 3.6 injuries per 1,000 hours. It's technically, it's more dangerous if you want to be an elite. It's more dangerous to be an elite in baseball than it is in Olympic lifting. And if we looked at it, the injury rates on a recreational level, like soccer, you know, powerlifting was in there. Uh, what, what do you think, out of all the, say, the recreational sports you could think of in this one study, which one had the least amount of money? Olympic lifting. By far, more than powerlifting. Powerlifting had, was few up from Olympic lifting. Olympic lifting was the last one. So why is it showing to be so safe in the evidence? What do you think makes the sport so safe? I mean, obviously, when I'm saying it's a sport, it's under a rule, it's under a technique, it's under a supervision. But what makes it safe in that environment? What other sport do you know of? Or, because ultimately you're gonna learn this is the focus of Olympic lifting. Well, let's go into that. What do you think, if you're a, an Olympic lifter and you're up on the main stage and you're going up to the bar, what is your focus as you go to the bar in that moment of competition, what is your focus? Pull as hard as you can. You think that's it? You think those guys up there, just, I can just get down and yank the crap out of that thing? Well, no, like getting into like a good, strong position. All right, so you're, you're already going in a good position. So you think they have a real focus, a main focus on technique? Yeah. Why, why would an Olympic lifter walk up to the bar and really be focusing on technique? Why would he do that? Right. Better technique means the more you can lift. It creates efficiency so you can move more, which wouldn't that be a pretty strong purpose in that sport? It makes, helps me move more. Do you think in, say, a sport like soccer, when that professional soccer player goes to make that big kick that someone just passed over to him for the goal, what's his focus? Do you think it's technique? You think it's, man, if I don't plan on the inside of my foot and get my pelvis around and my head through when I hit the inside of the foot, I'm, I'm not going to make a good play here. You think that's going through his head? You think? Probably not. Why? Why would be a less chance there's a technical preparation or there's a technic yeah, technical preparation mentally before he approaches something in soccer than there would be in Olympic lifting? Why do you think there's a less of a chance probably? He doesn't, have the time he doesn't have the time. He's got like a split second. Hurry up, kick it. 
And Olympic lifting, he could sit there all day. I mean, there's a clock, but he can sit there for a long time. So he can prepare himself, right? Okay? So it makes it very safe. So think about that. Whenever you're in the weight room, you have time to prepare yourself. You have all day if you want to prepare yourself, put yourself in the right positions, and make the best moves, right? That's a safe environment that you want to build and enhance performance in. And you're doing it in a skill that has a high correlation to the power performance levels that you need to be an elite in baseball. So obviously when you hear those claims of injury in baseball, there really isn't evidence supporting it. I mean, I've looked at every piece of evidence I can find supporting it, right? You even hear coaches say like the wrist, so we're concerned about the wrist, or the elbow, not the wrist. It'd actually be more of a concern for the wrist than the elbow. But the elbow, like when I see guys here, I'm worried about the elbow. They're, the elbow injury in that study with the 3.3 injuries for Olympic lifters was 2.5%, the elbow injuries, which is pretty much insignificant. Anything around five to under 5% is kind of insignificant. Yeah. So it's really not there. So it becomes anecdotal, right? What other concerns do we hear in the weight room when it comes to, not even Olympic lifts, when it comes to going into the weight room and lifting? For baseball players, for baseball players. Don't get too big. Don't get too big. So what's that going to do? What is getting too big then? Like tightening your shoulders, you're not flexible and mobile. Okay. Do you think that's true? What do you think this, or do you think that's anecdotal or yeah. evidence-based? Yeah, anecdotal. So what do you think the evidence says on that? Well, like, our role as Chapman's huge and he's Yeah, exactly. Now you're seeing course. guys that it just doesn't make sense. Yeah. But as far as the Olympians, you think the Olympic lifters are very tight? No. They're probably the most mobile people in the world. I mean, they can do splits. They're like gymnasts, right? And why are, why are they so flexible? I mean, we can show you someone like the old Russian Klokov. guy can literally pull his legs around his head and he can clean a jerk over 500 pounds. How, why is he so mobile? What? Actually, they don't. They just will do a good warm-up stretch, but they don't spend a lot of time in stretching. Why don't they spend a lot of time in stretching? Though? Or what's, what's causing them to get so mobile, but they're not spending a lot of time stretching? Right. The, the Olympic technique creates mobility. Why does it create mobility? Different movements, but what, what are happening in those movements? Different than, what, say, playing baseball. They're full range movements, right? You ever seen an Olympic lifter catch bar and their butt on the floor and then stand it up, right? So they're typically through almost all full range movements in the body in each joint. So if you're taking weight and you're loading as far as you can into a movement, as far as you can with weight, what do you think happens? You better range your motion. Why? You're pushing your arm moment. Right. Because the weight is probably the better tool for stretching you than you just trying to touch your toes. So like, what's the better way to stretch? Me just try to touch my toes or me to hold 200 pounds and let it pull me down? That's weird. Why do, why do people say that weightlifting makes you tight? if the lifts are stretching you farther than you could ever stretch yourself, right? Of course, if you get mass, all of a sudden, now you get a mass issue. Like, this arm can't go anymore because the bicep's hitting the pack. I get that issue. But that's hypertrophy you'll never get into. You, you are so far from that right now, right? But as far as the strength 
to load into a full range, that actually is going to increase your range of motion. Because you're trying to do it with your body in baseball, but you can't. But when you do it with weight into those positions, all of a sudden, wham, you go as deep as you could possibly go, as long as your body can stabilize. Okay. What's other issues we hear in baseball about the weight room that we shouldn't do? Anybody ever heard lift, can't lift overhead? Why can't we lift overhead? Why is lifting overhead bad for the shoulders? Puts like strain on the joint. Okay, so it puts strain on the joint. So what kind of strain does it put on the joint? Okay, so what kind of strain does it put on the joint here as opposed to like maybe you picking up a bag? What's the difference? If I pick up a heavy suitcase here, what's the difference between that or holding that suitcase here? What's the difference? I mean, it's activating different muscles, but technically the joint's the same strain, right? So is, is it, should we not be picking up luggage as pitchers? Or what if I fell on the ground and I got to push myself off the ground? Should we not be doing that? So you think, you think straining or putting a load on a joint is a bad thing? Oh, no, me personally, no. Right. Well, what do you, where can it be bad? It could be bad if yeah, it's bad too much or if you had bad form, right? If you're in a position where you weren't loading it well, say it was more in a ligament or, or not into a good grip, you're, like you couldn't get a lot of good muscle activation, specifically maybe big muscles on it or the muscle strong enough to hold it, maybe, yeah, it could start to injure you, right? So there is technique to this, right? But if I get myself in a good position, good posture, and it's something that's not well over my strength, it's something that I can handle, is that going to be bad for my upper body? You think it'd be good for my upper body? Why would it be good for your upper body? What does what does lifting weights do to our bodies? Potentially, is as long as our body recovers, the body grows stronger, right? Produces, simulates more protein to grow bigger, right, and grow stronger, right? So that that's I mean obviously we want what we want. I think where I find coaches have the issue. So I mean think about it if. If you're looking at the science and there's no negatives about pushing weight overhead on a joint, if you're doing it under technique and under the right weight, why, why all these coaches don't want you to do it? Is it personal experience? So what's the personal experience? Like someone got injured doing it. Right. And, and they did what? Someone got injured doing it and they did what? And they thought no one should ever do it again, right? Right. Why don't they do that in baseball? Like when someone injures their arm, why don't they like, we should never throw again? So it's okay to say, oh, he, one guy out of 50 hurt himself in the weight room, will never lift again. As opposed to 50 guys out of 50 got hurt on a baseball field, let's keep playing. Right? This is crazy, right? This is, this is anecdotal evidence, how, this, how it works, right? Have we, have we heard any other crazy things in baseball around the weight room? Because I got one in mind that's really good. How young should we be as baseball players to start lifting the weight room? What age? They say like not until high school or after middle of high school. So 14, 15? Yeah. Okay. Why that? Why, so when if I went in at 12? What if I, what if I took a 12-year-old in here? What would you say? I mean, if you have good form and the right weight, you're fine. Okay. Well. I like that. Like, I you have evidence on that? You better have some evidence. <laughs> How about the nine-year-old girl doing clean 
jerks and snatches. Yeah, we have a nine-year-old girl in Baton Rouge. She's a junior Olympian. She can clean and jerk like 115, 115 pounds. So what do we typically hear, though? When, if I went up to most parents and I was like, I want your nine-year-olds, like the girl, I want your nine-year-old boys in the weight room. What am I probably going to hear? Not what? Not fully developed. So therefore, they're not fully developed, so what's going to happen? They're going to get injured. What's going to get injured? Anything in particular we always hear, we'll get into. What will we injure if we put them into young in the weight room? What? Growth plates. So it'll damage their growth plates. And then what, the, what, what happens when we damage their growth plates? They get really short, right? Where do we get that from? Like my, my friend's an Olympian. He loves to say, I'm short because I Olympic lift, and then he laughs. <laughs> That's true. So why are all the Olympic lifters short? Why are all the gymnasts short? Is it because of the loads? Easier to move the bar in like a shorter space. It's an advantage, right? So they have the advantage because they have to move the bar less distance. The gymnasts have can create faster movements, right? Can you know do more acrobatic things at smaller sizes. So it's not that the loads were really making them short. It's not like they were supposed to be six five and he wound up being five six, right? So that's where that came from. Think how crazy that. But if those people really believe that, you should tell them to put their boys in basketball because they're all like seven feet tall. Think about that. Like, well, if, if you think Olympic lifting and gymnastics is going to shorten your child, put him in basketball. He'd be a giant. Really? Why don't we think this way? You think there's any evidence that it stunts your growth? They actually think it might do the opposite. It might do the opposite. Loading the body forces the body to grow big, right? Obviously, when you're young, you don't have a lot of the hormones to adapt to it. So you wouldn't want to like, like be loading up three times the body weight on a nine-year-old. I get that. They really, they're really not in that stage to build. But studies show the earlier you lift in life, the earlier you lift weights, typically you stay more fit later in life. Therefore, you stay healthier later in life. So the studies are actually saying, the earlier we can get y'all in the weight room, the more athletic and the healthier you will be. And think about that. They're telling you the opposite. Right? And, and it's crazy because you've gotten to a point where, like, female sports have just literally just blown our minds as guys. Like, women are doing things we never imagined they could possibly do. Why is that? Did we change something in the water? What happened? The women started lifting younger? Yeah. Why didn't they lift younger 100 years ago? That wasn't right for women at that time to do. Someone told them not to do it. It was the conventional wisdom not to do it. Is it the conventional wisdom anymore? And now we're seeing women do things we never thought they could do. Blowing our minds. So can you imagine what happens to someone's development in life if someone, a group, an organization of people are telling them they can't do it? Could you imagine what it does to them? Just imagine if an organization was telling you not to lift heavy in the weight room. Just imagine if an organization was telling you not to lift over your head or not to Olympic lift. Just imagine if an organization was telling you not to lift until you're 15 years old. Just imagine how far behind you would be. Is any of this personal at this point? Is that crazy? Right? So... I'm doing all this because if you continue allowing them to suppress you, 
you'll be watching the game eventually and letting those that aren't listening to that play the game. And y'all are behind. If I take if I took you over to an Olympic training facility with the twelve year olds, they would blow y'all away. It would be embarrassing. I've had many guys do it. They come back completely embarrassed. Like, coach, I couldn't even lift it. There was a 15-year-old girl next to me doing twice my weight. Man, I, I was so embarrassed. I had to lift in the corner of the room, and I just left. Like, yeah, you've been in a, you've been in a, support, a sport that's <coughs> suppressing your athletic development. So then today, what are you going to do about it? And if you continue to carry all those doubts and those negative things, you're never going to fully embrace this and catch up because you're behind, right? We talked about that today. There's three developmental stages we got to get through if we want to train for high-level performance in any sport. We've got to get to learn to train. you got to actually learn this stuff. You can't be good at something you don't know how to do. Then you got to train to train, meaning you got to get, get it going, build your base, get good at it. Then we go for comp. Then we train to compete. Then it's, hey, how high can I get it? Can I peak my le- Can I get to a peak level before I'm 27 years old? Right. So we've got to get all that doubt out of our heads, or it's going to hold us back. That's why I do this. Any doubts? You walk out of there with any doubts? Someone will find it in you and feed it, like pummel it into you, and you will quit. You're like, you're right. I'm just gonna long toss, run poles, and I'll be in the bigs one day. Right? Oh, running guns? Yeah, I'll put running guns in. I'll be in the bigs. You're right. I'll be right there with you. Yeah, I'll never get injured. You know? Right? So we can't think that. All right? So, that's my soapbox. All right, let's go into the, the list. Well, thanks for listening, guys. If you have any comments, like I said, send them to us here or on our social media at Top Velocity. And if you're interested in the 3X Velocity camp, we have the dates listed at topvelocity.org. This is a great camp to get into the 3X training, training programs, methodology. Also, too, you can stay and train here at Live and Train. If you want more information on Living and Training, just reach out to me. But all the information is at topvelocity.org. And looking forward to the next time. And uh, send me the, your requests for those you'd like me to interview. And uh, I'll work on that. And I'll see you on the next episode.